Hey, what's up, man? What's up, brother? <laughs> it's good. It's good to see you again. It's been a minute. It has. It has. I hope you've been doing good. I have been doing good. I've been uh, working hard and uh, family man and enjoying my recovery. What you been up to? I, um, I'm still, uh, you know, pushing culture out into our native communities, getting people engaged. It's, um, it's been a little different because of the pandemic. Hmm. We've had to, uh, we've had to get creative. Um, I have, uh, got a lot more proficient with zoom. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, you know, we're, we're doing really good over in the, in the Robinson County area where I'm from. Uh, we went um, a couple of months ago and started back up our in-person culture classes. Right on. And, and so we've been um, we've been having our people come back out again mm -hmm. uh, safely, uh, singing, dancing, going over our languages, going over our stories. Um, we've had great great community participation. We've been um, partnering uh, with the Wakamasuan community, partnering with the Kohari community. Oh, so we're uh, we're really proud of of what we of what we are, are still able to do, even though we're in a pandemic. Well, I'm proud of what y'all are doing too, man, and have been influenced by what y'all are doing in my work uh, for some time now. So, oh, there's my dog. <laughs> what? <are> we, <laughs> tell us, tell us who you are, my friend. Yeah, so my name's uh, Kayla Little Turtle. I am the uh, cultural enrichment coordinator for the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina. And I also have worked in various capacities and still do operating um, wellness circles or talking circles across uh, the state of North Carolina and abroad. Um, really just trying to uh, promote um, wellness, uh, good medicine, anything that makes you well, physical, spiritual, emotional, um, you know, with, with, grounded, with grounded teachings in our, uh, in our culture. Right, right on. Yeah, we, um, we met, gosh, a number of years back. I, I remember, uh, I think I've told this story before. Um, uh, folks were introducing me to, to leaders and, 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 uh, and such. And um, you were kind of across the room and yeah. looking. I was like, uh, you weren't saying anything. I was like, I said, dude, I need to get to know. Um, I just, uh, I just felt, uh, felt your presence. And um, I remember commenting to our mutual friend, Vivette, mm -hmm. yeah. about, I said, that, that dude, he's a young dude, but something's going on there. And she said, yeah, he's a hollow bone. <laughs> <laughs> Got that, yeah. that ancient wisdom flowing through that young body. And oh, man, brilliant. I remember that and, and getting engaged in uh, talking circles and uh, yep. Uh, drum drumming and singing watching being moved by that and uh, appreciate that and um, I think I was engaged in some community-based recovery sports supports and we were recognizing mm -hmm. the role of um, culture as medicine you taught me a lot about that and uh, yeah I've been trying to spread the word about that for a minute so no thanks but yes is just a series of conversations with splendid people who have overcome a chaotic relationship with substances at some point in their life. And now they're thriving, having fun, helping other people and their communities to come get them some wellness too. 
And so do, do you identify as a person in recovery or as a person who has overcome a chaotic relationship with substances at some point? Yeah. So, you know, my, uh, my vice was alcohol. Right on. I had, I had a, uh, I had a, a rough road with that. Um, at the time, you know, as a teenager, then getting into a, a into an adult, um, you know, when I look back at it, and we actually talk about this in culture class, different people share um, about that, about their connection, different things that might have been harmful to them. Um, you know, I, I started drinking socially, uh, recreationally, and then um, I would drink by myself. And so then I was like, well, this is becoming a habitual issue. <laughs> and one of the things that, uh, that helped me was that, uh, well, for one, I did not like myself um, when, I would, when I would be drinking like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mean that I was, that it, that it mean that I, would, that I would stop, though, but, but I was not happy with myself during that. But one of the things that helped me was I went to some of our, our uh, traditional leaders we were talking about different things and, and they, um, they brought up uh, our teachings in regards, to, uh, in, in regards to alcohol and what it means for us on a spiritual level. And our teachings tell us uh, in the longhouse that when you partake in, in those negative substances, alcohol, drugs, that your spirit leaves your body for four days because it can't, your spirit can't be in the presence of those things. Mm. And it gives you a feeling of loneliness. And I think that that's true for, for whatever, whatever race, whatever culture, whatever religious background. I think that we can all agree on the fact that when we're walking that road, it's a lonely road. Indeed. And so it, 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 makes, a, it makes a lot of sense, those teachings. And so for four days, um, your spirit stays gone and you can't conduct any ceremonies. That's that's actually one of the requirements um, when we're when we're doing some of our ceremonies that you have to be sober for four days to um, to participate in to get the full medicine so that your spirit is present with what we're doing. And so um, <clears throat> I started to get into uh, more teaching roles uh, to be able to help out my community. And my biggest thing, if I'm going to be honest with you. My biggest thing is, uh, was that I did not want to be a hypocrite. Hmm. I, did not, I did not want to stand up and talk about the power of our ways and what it can do for your life if I wasn't allowing it to do that for my life. Right on. And so, um, you know, for me, I, I became a father. Um, and then I started operating my own classes and everything. And when I stepped into that role, I wanted to do it completely. I wanted to do it deliberately and with my full self. And so I just, I put it down. I put, I put drinking down. Now I do understand that it's not that easy for some people. Right. Um, I was, I was blessed in the regard that I was able to frame it in my mind in such a way that I could just say no. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had a, I had a strong support system Um they didn't bring it around me. They knew that I was trying to live my life in a more wholesome manner. Yeah. And they, they just, they just didn't bring it around me. And I, re- and I respect my circle for that because in those early days, it would have been more difficult if it would have been brought around me like that. 
So, um, I mean, now, you know, if I, you know, if I'm around somewhere that's and somebody's drinking, it doesn't really, it doesn't pull on me like that. I, um, I don't, and, uh, you know, partake in, in anything. I don't judge, you that's know, advice though. Um, you know, and it bears stretching this out for just a second with the holidays upon us. And I give yep. strong recommendations to families, um, make this an alcohol and drug free event for those in mm -hmm. early recovery. Uh, my first, uh, holiday was about a month after getting out of an inpatient hospitalization treatment event. My family made it an alcohol and drug-free holiday in spite of my protests saying, you know, I don't know. It's not going to bother me. I don't want to be a problem. You do you, but no, we, we respect uh, our loved ones and, and provide that uh, healthy space for them until, you know, they, they, they reach a, a state of better than wellness. And, and, you know, we got our armor on. Then. Exactly. And it, and, it, and it does make a difference to have people around you that that are um, good minded, you know, like that. Our teachings tell us that in the um, in the beginning, the um, the Gattegerakwast and the Gattegerakse were made. And that's the good mind and the bad mind. And um, that over time, you know, we have that choice of how we're going to operate our minds if we're going to have that heavy mind. And it says that when our mind is heavy, that it's low to the ground and it's actually, it's, it's, it's dusty. It's mm -hmm. dusty. And then also because our minds are, are heavy and we're unhappy, that there's a fire that burns in us that starts to go dim, that starts to lose its brightness. And because that fire is starting to go out, it creates a lot of ashes. And those ashes, they get into our eyes and we can't see what needs to be seen. Those ashes get into our mouth and we can't uh, say what needs to be said. And those ashes get in our ears and we can't hear what needs to be heard. And so it separates. It separates us not just from other people, but it separates us from ourselves. Where we don't, we don't recognize ourselves anymore um, because we're not being able to speak and to see and to hear without negative influence. Right. Um, you know, I tell people every day that everybody has coping mechanisms for something. Um, it is a necessity of life. Uh, there's things that frustrate us, uh, whether it be personal, whether it be professional, um, on different levels of the trauma scale. But we carry this with us and we have to find ways to cope with it. Yes. You know, whether it's singing whether it's dancing whether it's reading a book whether it's fishing um whether it's a nice evening drive whether it's cooking i mean there's a lot of of coping mechanisms positive coping mechanisms out there but what happens with drugs and alcohol typically is that they're they are symptoms of a much larger issue and basically meaning that somebody with some level of trauma has attached themselves to these substances in order to cope and they feel like in that moment they feel like in that moment they need that to get through the day hmm. so so what we have to do in these in in these recovery supportive services is literally teach them other good coping mechanisms and part of that is 
part of that is building a relationship with that person to help them see what their interests are, what uplifts them, what gives them that good mind, what removes that ash, yeah. you know, so, so to speak. Now, for us as Native people, we see a lot of wellness in our culture. When we reintroduce our people uh, back, to our, back to our cultural ways, it helps to, it helps to reinforce that positivity. It helps to give them a wide array of positive coping mechanisms to deal with the trauma that they might encounter throughout their life. That's, that's wonderful. First, we meet these people and we do recognize that there likely has been the experience of trauma and that uh, and the absence of coping. And that is why we use drugs, why we eat alcohol. And that is very helpful in diminishing the internalized stigma that people feel, you know, because we thought we were just bad people. And, and that's very helpful. You've given a great definition, uh, Kaya, of uh, really kind of what is addiction? What is a chaotic relationship with substance use, this heavy mind, this dusty mind? And we don't see, we don't hear, we don't speak the presence of trauma, the need for medicine, the need for relief, and our turning to these unhelpful coping styles. What is, I want to ask you, and then we ask all of the guests, I ask all of the guests, what is, what is recovery then? What, what, what does recovery mean? What is, what is this person who is living and experiencing wellness? What is that? So I had, um, I had a person one time ask me, how would I say recovery in my language? Mm. And what I said was, I'd say, and the English translation of that would be um, but it would just be medicine. But the literal translation of that is it's anything that makes you well, physical, spiritual, and emotional. It's a wide, it's a wide array of wellness. So recovery, the way that I sit and I think about it is that different events in your life put you in a box, a very small box separated like i said from others and from yourself and then recovery is breaking out of that box and being able to see the world again the way that it was intended to be seen and so to detach them from that that bad medicine we'll call it bad medicine so to to detach them from that bad medicine it's really given life to people I mean, in, in essence, right on, right on. So it, with this bad medicine, with these unhelpful coping styles, we lose ourselves. And mm -hmm. part of the recovery process is, is finding yourself. And um, in my definition of recovery is um, the process anyway, is find your people, find your purpose, find yourself. And, and uh, I dig that the most. Well, I love what you're doing. It's good medicine. It's been good medicine for me to know you and, and to be near you and to be influenced by you in, in my uh, practice uh, in helping other people to come find themselves. Um, well, let's talk about what you do. 
uh, right now. Let's talk a little bit about this business of, of, uh, of uh, officially uh, as a representative uh, at the Lumbee tribe to, um, to help your people find freedom and wellness through, through cultural medicine. Yeah, so I've, uh, I've worked at the Lumbee tribe for a number of years now. Um, I, I pick around, I said, you know, when I, when I started here, I was a, um, I'm, I'm still a young man, but I was a younger man. <laughs> and, um, but I've, 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 I've grew, I've, I've grown up in this position. Um, part of what I do, uh, is organizing community coach classes. I'm going to talk about that first. And so what that is, is it is culture classes in the evening throughout our tribal territory where people of all ages from elders all the way down to children come out and we reintroduce dances and songs and language that might have been removed from families because of historical trauma events through throughout our people's relationship with colonization. So we are reintroducing um, uh, you know, their culture back to these families so that they have that. Um, my, my biggest approach to that is like when families come out, I want them to do it together. You know, so like if a parent is bringing their children, I want the parents to be part of it with the kids so that it's a family doing it. Um, and we see, we see a lot of success with that. Uh, we have different elders housing sites. I go and I, and I craft um, and, and do talking circles and hang out with our elders housing that we have, which is, which is really good because the elders enjoy that. It gets them, it gets them out of their homes. We have like a little commu uh, community building that we go to. We get to hang out. They need that. Um, we have, uh, we have several boys and girls clubs with uh, over 500 youth. Um, before the pandemic, the, the boys and girls clubs have been closed down because of the pandemic. But prior to the pandemic, um, you know, we, culture was a big part of the curriculum for the Boys and Girls Club. And our belief for that was that, uh, you know, we target the, the children at a young age, um, get them involved with their culture and these positive coping mechanisms that we were discussing. And it would help to influence better decision making skills for their life mm -hmm. as they get older. It teaches them a way of carrying themselves. Um, it, it, it reinforces positivity and self-worth, um, these teachings that we give them. And so- uh, It's good prevention. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's preventative, it's preventative. Um, I do a lot of lecturing. <laughs> I, do a lot of, I do a lot of lecturing at, uh, at universities. Um, I, I never, I can tell you when I was younger, I never thought that, um, that I would be in, in that space yeah. um, to, to, to do that. And I'm honored when I find myself in those spaces um, that, people, that people value what I have to say. Um, and I truly value their ability to listen and to contribute to the conversation. Mm. Um, a big part of what I do in my personal and professional life as well is recovery supportive services. Um, I either do that on my own or underneath the umbrella of an organization, but um, I really try to uh, instill the importance of, uh, of healthy living and 
the benefits of sobriety. Yeah. Um, that, you know, one of the things I tell our people is, is that as a traditionalist, as a traditionalist speaking once again about us as native people, as a traditionalist, things like alcohol and drugs, they are not traditional to who we are. And if you, if we, if we really, really, really get down to the nitty gritty, it shouldn't be traditional for any of us. Right. You know, um, for us as, as native people, you know, we don't have, we don't have generations worth of tolerance, for instance, to alcohol. Alcohol has different effects on us than it would others that have had generations worth of, um, of exposure to it. And so, uh, which, you know, of course, alcohol being negative for everybody, but it has a, it has a really, really negative influence on native communities. And we, to the point that we get stereotyped about it. Yep. You know, we do like drunk Indians and things like that. I, I have encountered that. And that was another reason why I stopped drinking because I encountered those stereotypes and it really offended me. But then I, but then I had to take ownership. I had to take ownership for a moment and be like, well, I'm contributing to, I'm contributing to that stereotype. Um, so I, I quoted you in, in, in the episode that came out today with my good friend, Jennifer Nicolaison out of Western North Carolina with Seek Healing. She brought up the word in the context of recovery, sovereignty. <laughs> and I said, well, there's this wise young man uh, down in Robinson County that uh, I heard him say sobriety is sovereignty. And at the time I was thinking, you know, autonomy, it, it sobriety is, you know, taking back command of yourself and your life. But now it has a whole new layer to it when you describe alcohol as not natural to indigenous people, but actually one of the impacts of colonization and loss of sovereignty ultimately was an impact of colonization too. So sobriety in essence is sovereignty. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I have actually told people that I've told them, I said, we can't, we can't be truly sovereign, still alcohol and drug dependent, <laughs> you know, because once again, going back to that, co that conversation of colonization, that is that noose around our neck that we keep there. And we don't even realize that it's there. It impacts our, our decision-making. It impacts our relationships with one another. There have been a lot of of bad separations in our community because of the effects of drugs and alcohol. We have lost young people here at an alarming rate and it's got worse since the pandemic. And, uh, and so we have seen an increase in um, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of negative things in our, in our area that I believe ties back into the effects of this pandemic, the fear, the uncertainty and then also the separation yeah. um, to where you can't even have face-to-face -face interactions without the fear of it negatively impacting your health or your family member's health. Wow. We're, we're cut off from our medicine. Exactly. That's heavy, man. Well, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful point. I want to talk about fun, though. Now I want to talk about you and what you do for fun in your recovery and what you do. Uh, yeah. 
for your wellness? My, uh, my biggest thing is, well, for one, I love to read. <laughs> I, I, I love to read. Um, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big studier of our language. Mm. Uh, and, and I, every day, every day I am, I'm going over that and it helps. It helps me because there's many indigenous concepts that cannot be adequately described with English. Mm. And so in, in, in learning and learning our language, it helps me to see the world and myself in a, in a, in a more wholesome manner. Um, that helps me a whole lot. Um, I write songs, man. I, I was, I was gifted with the ability to be able to sing, um, and in our traditional manner. And I write a lot of songs. Um, is um putting guests on the spot about a, a message you know where uh to our millions of uh to our millions of audiences <laughs> across the country what 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 is your uh succinct and impactful message you want to leave folks with that's what i want for all all these people out here it's for that you thought to give it a guasnek for them to keep that good mind for that mogwaskunekwa um, for that good medicine, um, for them to find those good coping mechanisms and those good relationships with their self and their, those good relationships with other people to help get them through this thing that we call life because life is hard, and I'm never going to sit and lie and tell people that it's easy mm. because it's not. There's going to be things that hurt you, physically, spiritually, emotionally, but every one of us is a strong part of creation and we have the abilities to get past that hurt. We don't have to, we don't have to stay there. It's okay to feel it, but we don't have to carry it. Mm. And so that, that would be my, my uh, advice to, to the people out there. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And it's okay to be tired and get your rest. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. I love every bit of it. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing that good medicine definitely definitely i look uh i look forward maybe to me and you being able to do some more things together um you know in the future i i've enjoyed the different collaborations that we've had and uh if we can if we can ever do things again i'd, I'd be there in a heartbeat right on let's do it 